Welcome to this inspirational message from Pastor Michelle Lefebure. We pray you're impacted and blessed as you listen. Usually at this time of the year, um, it's not the usual message that I preach, but it's more practical because as we get ready for the new year, I do believe that it is important that we do some form of preparation for the new year. Amen. So you can put that title up for me. I've called this message Preparing for the New Year. Preparing for the New Year. And uh, many, many people don't think of preparation. But yet, there's many aspects of our lives where we do prepare. It's become habitual. You know, for example, if you're going to go and cook a meal, you prepare the ingredients. You don't just say, okay, I'm going to go and cook a roast, but you don't even have a roast, a roast in your house. How are you going to cook it? You, don't, you haven't prepared for it. You didn't go and buy one. You, you know, things like this. But there are things that we do automatically because it's habitual. It's part of what we do. But there are many, many things we do not prepare for. Many people don't prepare for in life. And it is important to prepare for the new year. And when I was looking at this, I was thinking, wow, three more days to go. And then it's the beginning, not only of a new year, but of a new decade. It's a start of a new decade, 2020, the start of a new decade and a start of a brand new season. I believe that God has created the days, the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, the decades, the centuries, the millennia. You can go on and on because it's a new season. With God, every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. I, I look that in creation. The whole of creation is like this, including the animal kingdom, the animal domain. When you get up in the morning, some of us, we actually wish God didn't do that sometimes because we live right next to a river. Then there are these beautiful birds called Ardidas. And they love getting up in summer very early, four o'clock, and they yell their heart out. Why? It's a new day. They're praising the Lord, but they're waking us up too. Amen. When we want to sleep. But nature flows with seasons. It's the way God has made it. And in three days time, we are going to be facing this new season. And I believe one of the best things that you and I can do during those last three days of this year, is to put some quality time aside to prepare ourselves for a more successful, a more productive, a more fulfilling, and a more accomplishing year in 2020 than we had in 2019. How many of you want that? Am I the only one? I don't believe that. I believe we all want to go at another level be more productive, accomplish things we didn't manage to accomplish this year, and things like this. In other words, increase our level of success 
in the new year. Amen. And you also question, you say, Pastor Michel, can that be done? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You can be at another level in the new year than you've been this year. In many aspects of your life. Amen. However, we have to prepare ourselves for it. Preparation is the key. If you remember anything I shared with you today, preparation is the key. Come on. Do you believe that? you got to prepare. Unless we prepare ourselves, it's not going to happen. If you don't prepare for a more successful year, a more productive year, and you are not focused on that, it's not going to happen. Someone said this, a person who fails to plan, plans to fail. Amen. If you don't plan, you will fail. You won't accomplish your goals. If you don't plan, you won't accomplish because planning involves setting goals. If you want a more productive year, you've got to set some goals. If you want a more powerful year, you've got to set some goals. A more successful year, you need to set some goals. And this is very true of every aspect of our lives. You know, in French, we have this saying, Cursera sera. We sang songs about this. What will be, will be is what it means. Cursera sera. A cursera sera life can end up anywhere. But a well-planned journey will take you to your destination. Nobody leaves their homes to go on holiday without planning. You don't know where you're going. You forgot to take your suitcase. You didn't pack any clothes and you go on holiday. You don't put petrol in your car. You, you know, nobody does this. Because if you don't plan, you will not get to your destination. But a well-planned journey will take you to your destination. Now, we got to understand that God is a God of purpose Everything he does is for a reason and a purpose. He has an action plan for everything, even for each one of our lives. And God has made you and I in his image. And we are meant to not to just have a kasarasara life, what will be, will be life. No, no, no. Our life are meant to be planned and purposeful in God. Created in the God, in the image of a God of purpose, created in the image of a God who plans every situation. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says this For I know the thoughts. Now, that word thoughts is translated plans in many, many Bibles. It means the same thing. I know the plans or the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Let me say this to you, church. God has a plan for your life. And it's a plan for peace, for good, not for evil. It's a plan for increase. It's a plan for accomplishment. It's a plan for success. God wants your life to be a success. He is a God of order. And when he created you, he had a plan for your life. And in this world, nothing happens willy-nilly. What will be, will be. Doesn't happen like this. If we are to be successful, we need to be like God. Can you say amen to that? We need to be purposeful, focused, 
and our lives have to have direction. We need to plan for success in our lives. I want to say that again. You and I need to plan for success in our lives. How is success accomplished? Success is accomplished through a series of planned and purposeful decisions and actions. That's how you accomplish success in your life. It's accomplished through a series of planned and purposeful decisions and actions. So now, how do you prepare for a better 2020? How do you prepare? Remember I said to you early on, preparation is a key. You've got to prepare for that. Amen. It begins by realizing that some things will have to change in your life if you want to experience improvement. Amen. It's very quiet in this church this morning. Something will have to change in your life if you want to experience improvement. Can you say amen to that? No change, no improvement. Come on now. If I keep doing the same thing, I will get the same results. Amen. You know, someone said this, keeping doing the same thing while expecting different results is a sure sign of insanity. All right. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, if you keep cooking the same meal the same way, put the same amount of salt, same amount of meat, same amount of things, you'll get the same stew every single time. Can you say amen to that? Some of you are not sure about that. You know, we know these things when it comes to cooking meals, for example. But we don't realize that our lives work in exactly the same way. You know, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. You're going to get the same result. Nothing will improve. If you cultivate the same habits, behave the same way, and act in the same manner in 2020 as you did in 2019, you will get, what will you get? Tell me. The same results. Come on, tell somebody next to you the same results. Glory to God. Nothing will improve. Come on now. Nothing will improve unless you do something about it. Now, I believe the best way to prepare ourselves for a better year, a better decade to come, is to take some time analyzing our lives. You know, we've got to look in the mirror. I love this book, Men in the Mirror. I can't remember who wrote it many years ago, but it's a book about taking a good look at yourself. You know, we have a tendency to look at others. Mm, this one, look at that one. We like to point fingers. That one is not good. That one doesn't behave well. Especially sometimes this time of the year when the family kind of gets together, people they haven't seen for ages and, and this one drinks too much and that one gossips too much and that one does this and that one does that. So we tend to point fingers at all of them. But what's more important in this life is not to look at others. It's to look at yourself, to look at yourself. I remember many, many years ago, I had to learn this as a very hard lesson because the way you've been brought up, the way your parents have brought you up, in the main, most people compete. You know, in the workplace, we compete. 
Because our schooling system teaches us that. The university system teaches us that. Then when you get a job, you compete with others in order to get the better positions, the best salary, and so on and so on. Our lives is based on a competition against others. But one day, I was sent on a course which I didn't want to go. And I was very grumpy about this. And on my way to the course, I was in the car driving there. The Lord said this to me. He said, stop competing against others. Compete against yourself. Now, I must tell you, this was a course on public speaking, which I wasn't good at. And uh, <laughs> very interesting. And there were some people who were traveling with me in the car who were my colleagues, they were excellent at public speaking. So when we went to the course, in myself, I was thinking, I wonder, I'm probably going to fail this thing. I don't have a natural tendency to be a public speaker. Anyway, we got there, but in that journey, the Lord said, you compete against yourself. And cut a long story short, I won the best prize. The best prize of the entire course. I came first. Can you believe it? It's because I stopped putting my eyes on other people. I looked at myself. Men in the mirror. Looking at myself. A reflection of myself. Saying, how can I improve? How can I do better? Competing against yourself is a good thing to do. In other words, taking a good look at yourself and saying... I need to improve in this area, this area. So the, one of the best ways to prepare ourselves for the new year to come is to make some quality time looking at ourselves, looking at the past year, looking at our successes, looking at our failures, our strengths, our weaknesses, and making some decisions. We need to cast our eyes back on the past year in the major components of our lives. Now, uh, I know there are many definitions of this, but we, we've grown up and we've studied this and we believe this works very well. There are five major components, components of our lives that make up the full circle of our lives. The physical, number one, then the emotional, then the spiritual, then the interpersonal, which has to do with relationships, and then the financial. Those five areas basically make the fullness of a circle of your life and of my life. And for each one of these components, you need to note your successes or your failures, your strengths or your weaknesses in terms of a past year. Looking at these five areas, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the interpersonal, and the financial side of your life. And I want to take a few moments this morning to look at each one of us and make some suggestions to you as to how do you approach this exercise. And as I must say that what I'm about to, to share with you right now is only a suggested sample of a kind of analysis that you need to do. It's only a suggested sample. You need to look at what I'm going to share with you now and adapt it to your circumstances. Amen? But those five areas will remain constant for every single one of us. Firstly, the physical. 
How do you analyze that? Couple of questions you can ask yourself. For example, did I, now we're looking at the physical, the first one. Did I maintain a healthy lifestyle in this past year? Did I maintain a healthy lifestyle? Did I eat properly and healthily? Did I exercise regularly in this past year? Did I give my body rest when it was necessary? Am I happy with my current physical condition? With my body shape? Have I looked after this temple of the Holy Spirit like God wants me to? These are the kind of questions you can ask ourselves to do with with the physical. Where have I been successful in those aspects? And where have I failed in terms of a physical aspect of my life in the past year? These are the kind of questions you need to ask yourself and come up with honest answers, looking at yourself in the mirror. The second aspect, the emotional. These are the kind of questions you can ask yourself. Did I control my emotions well? How did I deal with the brokenness that is in my life in this past year? How did I deal with that? Am I more, emotion, am I more whole emotionally now than I was at the beginning of 2019? Am I more healed emotionally? Which aspects of my life displayed emotional wholeness and stability and which aspects did not? Most of us are whole in some aspects, but in other aspects, we're not. Have I been able to control my flesh like I would, like, I would have liked to? Where have I been successful and where have I failed in terms of the emotional component of my life in the past year? These are the kind of questions you need to ask yourself. It's very important if you are to make a greater success of 2020. Then the third aspect, the spiritual. Here are some suggested questions you can ask yourself. Did I cultivate a successful prayer life in the past year? Was my walk with God intimate and close? Did I improve my ability to hear his voice? Did I feed on God's word regularly? Has my knowledge of God's word grown from where it was at the beginning of 2019 to where I am today? Have I grown in the knowledge of God and of his word? Again, where have I been successful? Where have I failed in terms of a spiritual aspect of my life in the past year? These are questions we need to ask ourselves if we are to grow. Then number four. The interpersonal, that's to do with our relationships. Have my primary relationships improved throughout this past year? My primary relationships are my spouse, my children, those who are close to me. Have my primary relationships improved throughout this past year? What about my relationships with my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ? <clears throat> In the church. 
This one most people don't like answering or looking at. All my relationships with my boss, my colleagues, and my clients developed positively this past year. Good question to ask. Amen? <laughs> what about unbelievers in my sphere of influence? Unbelieving friends, families, and so on. Have I improved in relating to them? What about my relationship with God? Is it better now than it was at the beginning of a year? Again, where have I been successful in those areas? Where have I failed in terms of the interpersonal component of my life in this past year? Very important. These are the kind of questions that we need to ask ourselves. We need to have honest answers if we are to improve. You cannot improve what you don't understand is not functioning well. If you don't know this area is not functioning well, you will not improve it. You will not do anything to improve it. Amen? So you've got to identify what's not functioning as well as you would have liked it to be. You've got to identify that, and then you've got to work on it with the help of God, the help of the Holy Spirit, and let him guide you and direct you so that you improve in the new year. And then the last area, which is number five, the financial, financial aspect. Did I honor God in the way that he wants me to honor him with my finances in the past year? Did I live my life according to the finances that I had? You know how many people in this country, and it's not just in South Africa, but all over, live beyond their means. They just borrow. If they, if they run out of money, they just borrow some more. They run out of what they borrowed, they try and borrow some more. I mean, we know people who had 10 credit cards. When the one is full, they go and get another one. And then they just keep borrowing on that one. When that one is full, they go get another one. It's quite amazing. And then one day they wake up and they got a mountain of debt that they are sinking under and they have no clue how they're going to manage their finances. Did I live my life according to the finances that I have? Did I manage my finances well? Did I listen to God well in terms of my sowing and giving plan? <clears throat> Did I water the financial seed that I planted well with faith in order to receive my harvest? You know, you don't put a seed in the ground and then you forget about it and walk away. No, you will water that seed. You're gonna, and it's the same with a seed that you plant. Every Sunday, we, we, we talk about planting seed in the kingdom of God. You've got to water that seed with faith in order to receive the harvest. Did you do that? Did I trust God for my provision? Where have I been successful? Where have I failed? in terms of a financial component of my life in this past year. These are the five areas that we need to look at. And for each of these questions that I suggested to you this morning, you need to note your successes and your failures and identify your strengths and your weaknesses. And once you've done this analysis in these five areas, 
establish your successes and failures, you then need to formulate a plan of action. You need to have a plan of action to improve what needs to improve. If you don't have a plan of action, then nothing is going to improve. You've got to work on that. You've got to say, these areas of, of strength, I'm going to keep building on. These areas of weaknesses, I have to work on. I've got to do something about that. Now, I need to say one thing to you here, because I've observed this through the years I've been pastoring and through the years of my life. You know, when you mature in life, as you get older, you learn many lessons. How many of you who are in a, a, a kind of older can vouch to that? You learn, you learn lessons. When you're young, you don't learn anything. And then you start learning a few things. A little toddler learns not to run too fast because they kiss the carpet too often. All right? So they slow down. They learn lessons. And so it goes through life. And as we get older, you learn many lessons. And one of the lessons I have learned, and I want to say this to you as you do this exercise in preparation for the new year, is do not try to improve too many areas at the same time. Because people are good. Uh, yes, it's a good message, Pastor Michel. Yeah, I'm going home. Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. I'm going to change all of these in 2020. Oh, yes. Let me say this to you. If you do that, I can assure you by the end of 2020, you wouldn't have changed anything. Too many things. Remember how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. All right? Don't try and change all of these things in one shot. Don't do that. You need to select certain things. Once you've done your analysis, pick one thing, maybe in each section. No more than that. And say, I'm going to work on that this year. Make it a goal. Make it a plan. Make it a purpose for your year, 2020. I'm going to improve in this aspect of my life. So under each one of those areas, once you've analyzed and done your questions or whatever, you need to write down what you are going to do differently. Differently. I don't know if you heard me. Differently. Turn to a person next to you and say, differently. I want this to stick in your mind. Because remember, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. So you've got to do some things differently if you go to get different results. Amen? So then you write down what you're going to do differently that will help you generate the improvement that you are looking for. Then and most importantly, not only do you need to write these things down, but you need to activate your plan. You've got to put it into action in 2020 and make sure that you do what you have decided to do in your action plan. You know, I want to say something to you. You may see like say one thing in each area, so that's five things you want to work uh, on in 2020. Some people, if they fail in one, they give up on all the rest. No, don't do that. At least even if you work on one thing, you have improved. How many of you can say amen to that? 
if I work on one thing in my life, which gets me to a better position, I have improved. Come on, church. So don't lose heart because you didn't manage to get all five right. That's okay. But at least keep going on the others that you have. Don't just give up on your action plan. Now, I need to say, to be successful, you need to be diligent and disciplined about it in order for you to reap the results. You know, some people don't like this word discipline. A lot of people don't like it because discipline can become a little painful at times. You know, they are... I find in my life there are some areas I'm very disciplined on. I don't have to make any effort. But there are other areas I really don't want to be disciplined in those areas. That's the flesh. But if I know what's good for me, then I will have to say I must discipline myself in those areas if I know what's good for me. My flesh doesn't like it, but you know what? If you keep eating 50 chocolates every day, well, and don't discipline yourself to reduce it to at least 49. <laughs> um, you're going to accumulate sugar <laughs> in your body. Amen. So we've got to become diligent and disciplined about it in order for you to reap the results that you're looking for. Success is not circumstantial. It's not just a product of circumstance. It is a result of a conscious process and determination to accomplish established goals. Now, this sounds a little bit like a management course in the business world, but it is an important statement. Now, I'm going to say this again. Success is not circumstantial. It is the result of a conscious process and determination to accomplish established goals. He who has no defined goals is nothing more than a wandering space cadet. Have you heard of space cadets? No, some of you don't even know what a cadet is. You know, in this modern world, we very rarely hear about these things these days. A cadet is like an army guy, you know, but you can become a space cadet. What does a space cadet do? He will end up lost in space. Some of you will get that next week. Amen. If you don't have any goals, you don't have any direction, you don't plan anything, you don't get diligent and disciplined about your life, you will end up a space cadet, lost in space, wandering and you're going to keep wandering till you pass on. But putting effort in this exercise, which I've just taught you this morning, will help you have a better, more productive, more successful 2020 than you've had this year. Now, I think for most people at this time of the year, the last thing they want to do is put effort into anything. We want to put our feet up, let our hair down, those of us who have hair, and we want to relax. Amen. And we want to relax. That's good. 
But you know what? It's not going to help you plan for the new year. The year is not going to wait for you to stop relaxing. It moves on. Time moves on. So we're going to make a little time aside to look at this. We have to put effort in this exercise to plan for a better, more productive, more successful 2020. Amen. And if you do, you will end up next year happier, more motivated than, you've, than, than has been your experience up to now. I can guarantee you, if you, do a, you put some effort in this exercise I've spoken to you about this morning, you will end up 2020 feeling that you've accomplished something better, you've grown, you've developed, you've increased, you're moving forward with your life. That's the way you're going to feel. I want to give you some scriptures to back up. I purposefully didn't share these scriptures with you throughout this talk, but now I'm going to give them to you to back up what I've shared with you this morning. The first one is found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 11. <clears throat> he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. Come on now. But he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Now, I want to read that scripture. We don't have it on, on, on the computer. But I want to read to you what the New Living Translation, this is New King James Version, the New Living Translation puts it in a way which really makes it clear. Listen carefully to what it says. A hard worker, notice, not just a worker, a hard worker has plenty of food. But a person who chases fantasies, that's a space cadet, has no sense. Come on now. Only two people say amen to that. <laughs> you know, God knows better than us. Amen. There's another scripture, Proverbs 28, verse 19. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. Interesting. Interesting. Poverty is not just a lack of money, by the way. You can have a lot of money, but you are poor in relationships. You can't keep your marriage together. You can't relate to your children. You've been divorced five times. You know, you can be poor in the area of relationships. You can be poor in the area of, of, of a physical. You've got all the money in the world, but you can't enjoy it because your body is sick. And this and that, and your body is not in a good shape. So he who tills his land in those five areas will have plenty of bread. In other words, they will be satisfied. There's another scripture. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of a diligent will rule, but the lazy bones will be put to forced labor. Sorry, I changed the word here. I like this. The lazy bones. Don't be a lazy bone. Be a diligent. The hand of a diligent will rule. In other words, you're going to be on top of your affairs, on top of your life, in control of your life. 
Here's another scripture, Proverbs 10 verse 4. He, Proverbs 10 verse 4, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of a diligent makes rich. Now, again, I want to read that scripture to you from the New Living Translation because it puts it in a clearer way. This is what it says. Lazy people are soon poor, but hard workers get rich. Now, I know it's talking of finances in this particular instance, but I can tell you this applies to all five aspects of your life. You can be rich in finances and poor in health. You can be rich in relationship, but poor in finances. You can be rich in, 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 emotion, in your emotional state, but poor in your spiritual state. So this, this is not just talking of money. It's talking of all five aspects of our lives. Amen. So I want to encourage you the next three days, make some quality time, find a spot in the next few days to be diligent in doing this exercise that I've spoken to you about this morning. Till your land, remove the unproductive thorns and, and the stones <coughs> and replace them with good soil, if I can put it like this. And your 2020 will be a better, more satisfying and productive year. Thank you for listening to this message. If it has blessed you, get in contact with us by visiting our website at www.victorysenton.co.za.